Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Midnight Terrors podcast. Uh, here's a little intro clip for you. I'm your co-host today, Kevin, here with Jason and some very special guests of the show. But Jason, do of you course. Well, you didn't say our names, so. You can say have, our names. <laughs> we have Diamond Jason and we have Bucky and <laughs> we have Mr. J and Mrs. J. Oh boy, so do we, can, we. And what is this show called, bro? What's this show What's called, up? bro? Come on now. Oh, it's the Midnight Terrors um, podcast. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, anyway, so welcome back to the show, everybody. All of us are sitting in the lobby right now because we are eagerly awaiting the arrival of Stephen Cognetti, the writer and director of the Hell House LLC movies. We're about to speak with him, but it's Mrs. J's first time on. Mr. J's returning. What's up, Mr. J? What's up, brother? We're having a good time. Oh, boy, aren't we? <laughs> uh, but Mrs. J, welcome to the show for the first hey, time. Hey. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. And before we talk I can't, with... I can't do it with Mr. J. He's <laughs> too much. He's not enough, sir. Oh. Um. <laughs> well, he might. He, he might be enough. There is not. <laughs> no, there is not enough, Mister J, to go around. All right. <laughs> but this uh, is true. This but is that's, but that's why we brought. I haven't hit him with a good special <laughs> midnight. <laughs> oh, Jason, you're about to lose your spot. You but anyway. That's how we that, We needed more Mr. J in our life. So we brought in, I guess, his better half, right? We brought in Mrs. J. So uh, much better. Mrs. <laughs> J is so much better. So, <laughs> sorry, I did not mean for this to be an all-out war on Mr. J, but Mrs. J, welcome to the show. No, I'm it so is. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited. War on Mr. J. <laughs> Anyway, I am so excited to have you on, Mrs. J. As I said, we're all eagerly awaiting talking with Stephen Cognetti of yes. writer-director Hell House LLC movies, the writer-director of the Hell House LLC movies. And we're coming full circle because you and Mr. J introduced myself and Jason to these films. But before we dive into that, we've got to do our usual intro whenever we get a new guest. So Mrs. J, you're in the hot ah. seat right now. Tell us, yes. where did you get your start in horror? And Jason, what's your question, sir? Which movie fucked you up, Mr. <laughs> Jack? Um, yeah, so my start in horror is kind of interesting because as a kid, I was scared of everything. Um, but I had a grandmother that um, was way into horror. And so she kind of showed me, I think like the predator or something. And I was like, nope, not for me. This junk's scary. I'm out of here. Um, so I think she maybe kind of lit that spark a little bit though, because then somewhere, I don't remember how old I was, but I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch Halloween. I'm gonna see what this horror stuff's about. And then like loved it. It just like, it just ignited in me. Um, anyway. <laughs> and so I don't even, like I said, I don't know what age that was, but um it was definitely a lot later though, because I was a pretty scared kid, like a truly everything. Um, but anyway, but Halloween was my first kind of introduction into horror and loved it. And I'm still in love with Michael Myers. He's amazing. Um, <laughs> anyway, and then so. Why yeah. is it that everyone is <laughs> terrified by Halloween? 
I mean, I get it. Because it's a scary film, dude. I mean, I get it. No. And it's it's a definite... Apparently, you don't get it. Why is everyone scared of right. Halloween? It's a scary question. film. And then you're like, I I know it is, but why is everyone scared? <laughs> well, it, it wasn't mine. Okay, um, well, okay. We're, all different, we're all different people. Okay, all right. Calm yeah. down. Okay, sorry, sorry. You also sorry. don't like killer clowns, so... Oh, that's a, that's <laughs> a low blow. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, so what movie messed me up? We're going to go there, right? Jason killer clowns from outer space, right? that's where we're at. <laughs> No, I'm um, just kidding. Yeah, Go so, ahead. No, it's fine. I have, I kind of have several movies that mess me up. So I'll just real quickly just Rock say the lady, the lady in the bed in Pet Cemetery. That whole scene, Ooh. the sick lady. I'm, I'm forgetting her name and all that. That messed me up. Zelda. Um, Fire in the Sky. I did watch when I was a kid. Terrible idea for a kid that was scared of everything <laughs> because that movie messed me up. Um, Oof. and then the fourth kind, the first Saw, and then that's about it but yeah so those are kind of all together sort of our movies that messed me up oh zelda 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 from zelda, pet cemetery yes. i mean zelda she is a creepy creepy character and uh i don't Seriously. know why we haven't done the original pet cemetery yet on the show that's got to happen sometime soon in uh in year two fire in the sky i just saw when we did an episode on it which was insanely creepy yep um yeah. and then what was what was number three the, i know there was the first saw the third one the, was... the fourth kind mr j and i <laughs> we have a cute story about the fourth kind so if you ever decide fourth to do kind it, it's good oh yeah the fourth kind is terrifying we're gonna we are gonna do an episode on on that with you and mr j as uh as guests for yeah, sure let's do it because we've, we've got a we've got a good kind of relational story about that movie so oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. Relationship goals, the episode. <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I love Mr. J's radio silence right now. <laughs> right? Dude. It's, it's a good so one. Good. It's a good one. <laughs> I just love that we're like, let's gush about Miss Mrs. J. And Mr. J is just like, I'm right here. Listen, I'm just smiling because I agree with you. She's amazing. She's better <laughs> than everything, and I love her. No, don't that's, have what, to talk to. that's why he married her. There we go. Dude, I love that you guys love her, and I could not agree more. Yeah, of course there we, go. we do. We do, we do. And as we're wrapping that up, thank you, Mrs. J, for the awesome answers. And uh, now you all listening are about to see our interview with Stephen Cognetti, writer and director of the Hell House LLC movies. Thank you, every oh, thank you everybody God. for watching and uh, enjoy the interview. Yeah, I can't wait. Peace. Peace. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your co-host here with several co-hosts, but I'm going to start with the one you know him, you love him, Jason. Yeah, buddy. Jason Diamond. And what's the show called? I was supposed to call it the other way, but anyways, <laughs> it's the Midnight Terrors podcast. 
podcast. Yes, it is, Jason. And we are here with something very special tonight. First and foremost, we want to welcome our other co-host for the evening. One returning guest and one new guest, the uh, very mysterious guest co-host that we haven't had on yet. So uh, we want to first welcome back Mr. J. What's up, buddy? Glad to be back. It is good to have you back, brother. It's great to be back. And could we say we're welcoming your better half to the show tonight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we would like to welcome to the show Mrs. J. Hello. Hello. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on for the first time after. I can't believe it took a year and a half to do so. Yeah, it's pretty lame. Too long. <laughs> step step it up. And she's the crazy <laughs> coolest lady on the planet. So I'll take that. There we go. Guilty Compl as charged. <laughs> Compliment city all around tonight. I love it. But we're all here together with a very special guest on the show here tonight. You all have seen me post about uh, a couple of films on our Instagram from this franchise. And uh, it's full circle because Mr. and Mrs. J actually introduced us to these films. And mm -hmm. we are so honored tonight to have the writer and director of the Hell House LLC movies, Stephen Cognetti. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course, of course. It's uh, it's the pleasure is all ours. And uh, how's your day going so far? Uh, day is just uh, winding down. Got the kids fed, and um, and and as I told you before, they got the goldfish fed, and uh, so that kind of spells the uh, <laughs> end of my night. So it's a, this is a good ending to my night right now, talking to you guys, meeting everyone here. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that is a full day right there. Kids fed, goldfish fed. We all <laughs> we all should aspire to such things. I love it. Yeah, it's a crazy day, you know. Just to... <laughs> no, but uh, Stephen, it is such an honor to have you all. Um, I can speak for everyone on here when we say that we are big fans of the franchise yeah. Hell House LLC. And again, Mr. and Mrs. J introduced myself and Jason to it, so now it's like full circle getting to getting to talk to you about it. So we're excited. That's cool. Thanks. And yeah, I, I, most people that find out about Hell House, it's always word of mouth from someone they know. Um, and that's how that's how really it got out there and got known is, is just, you know, and thank you, uh, Mr. and Mrs. J for spreading the word and telling people. I appreciate that. Always. But thank you for making a movie that is easy to yes. be excited about and <laughs> share with people. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well, before we uh, before we jump into talking about those movies, uh, we always start off the exact same way whenever we get a new guest on the show. And we uh, myself and Jason sort of uh, tag team this question. So we always start with new guests. Where did you get your start in horror? And uh, Jason, you want to throw out your signature question? Uh, yes. Uh, which movie fucked you up? <laughs> 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 yeah that's a good well uh both i've uh, always wanted to be a filmmaker my whole life ever since i was a little kid but i never really thought i was going to venture into horror movies but i've always loved horror too my whole life when i was a kid um growing up in the 80s as a little kid um uh i remember trying this accidentally once stumbling upon uh nightmare on elm street and and i couldn't like i couldn't sleep for for weeks and that just terrified the idea because of the idea behind it, if you fall asleep then you're, you're dead um so it just and it was just to me that was just so brutal and horrifying um but then when i started to really appreciate horror movies and watching more of them and expanding them um uh to this day my favorite horror movie is uh the the exorcist um i just this is my favorite this is that's just my kind of horror i love anything to do with like demons and um you know, and you know, on the paranormal side though, but that when I was a kid, after I watched The Exorcist, probably too young of an age, 
I would, I, when I go to sleep at night, I was just so certain that I'm like, my bed's going to start shaking. I know it. It's going to start shaking at any moment. And, and just feeling like, it's like something demonic is going to just take, take presence in my room. And it, it terrified me forever. And to this day, I think it just stole, it holds up. I love what they did in that movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so is that like one of your favorite movies? Um, or is that one that you cannot watch again by yourself? No, I can I can watch it by myself now, and I I just but I just but now I just appreciate it more from like a filmmaking standpoint. What they did, the sets they built, uh, how they did the effects, all practical, and and they just scared you um, in a way that was uh, you know that's just you know you don't I don't think you get it too much this day. I I'm you get a lot of too many effects, to, and and uh, that's just like classic filmmaking um, in its in its in its best form in horror filmmaking. So I just appreciate it more on a different level now, but at the time, yeah, it just terrified me so much. Yeah, we... yeah. So, so you think that would be your most terrifying moment? I mean, there is for yeah. I think uh, yeah. Seeing uh, seeing um, uh, Linda Blair full out demon is it probably really wrecked me as a kid. I mean, I That'll just I, well, there's so I, many I would, like yeah. Go ahead. I hundred percent agree with you um because uh, i think the first movie that i saw that really terrified me was texas chainsaw massacre but right behind it was um uh was the exorcist so i yeah. i get it yeah that's some- a cool that's a cool film too you go back i mean that's just you know old style filmmaking the way they did that and it's just uh i, I just appreciate all that kind of filmmaking especially Texas chainsaw massacre um but uh yeah i mean when she like talks in like different voices to try to um uh intimidate the priests and like it's so subtle it's not like anything that's kind of like jumping out at you but it's just so terrifying it just makes the, the hairs in the back of your neck stand up when she talks in like those crazy voices and stuff yeah, we, we've touched on that uh, in several episodes where the decade of the 70s, especially when it comes to horror, like people seem to have a, a difficult relationship with. Because if you don't like things that take their time more and are more atmospheric, you yeah. might have a hard time with it. But the 70s was so masterful at, at capturing atmosphere and giving you that hair standing up on the back of your neck. Uh, so it's don't even start on the uh, on the <laughs> allowing things to take their time. I love that, and the biggest mm-hmm. note I get in my films are, "Can we uh, run get through Act One quicker and faster?" And I'm like, oh, that's not, I, 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 lo- I like slower burns." And but I, yeah. at least on the original, I was able to do that. But uh, I I do appreciate something that takes its time and slowly builds as it goes. Um, and you know you don't have to just hit people with stuff like in the first act and it is boom 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 you can you can get to it and graduate to it and yeah the exorcist is is a slow burn it's great the, the way things are just so you don't even know anything's going on but things are and, and it's just and it builds it's great i love yeah, it absolutely so you know touching on i want to i want to ask real quick uh because you were talking about you always wanted to be a filmmaker your whole life yeah. What were the even outside of the realm of horror? What were the films or the directors that that made you want to get into directing and and writing films? I I, I I'm always embarrassed to say this. I get I've, I've been asked that question a few times. I am in love with James Cameron, and I always was since the '80s, since the Abyss. Um, That's the wrong Terminator, Alien Two, and um, 
I just I loved everything he was doing, and that's why I saw myself as something that was more of like like adventure, action, something like that. And uh, I just loved everything he did as a filmmaker. The he was always pushing the boundaries, and because of that, I think everything he does pushes the boundaries so much. That I think he's evolved filmmaking more than anyone else because if you think what he did in in Abyss um, and in Terminator Two inspired what they were going to do with Jurassic Park. You know, if he didn't do the water tantrum um, uh, CGI yeah. effect and um, uh, and do with the the liquid metal and stuff like that, then then really they wouldn't have known what the potential was to make the CGI dinosaurs. Um, and then he always takes it to a new level. And then, you know, you, and, and what I love about, you know, the movie Titanic is that they, it's just it, as great classic filmmaking as you get, they built the entire ship. I built, I mean, like you don't get <laughs> yeah. that anymore. They're not going to build, they make that movie now. They're not building the ship. Right. And they're, not, they're not sinking the ship, you know, and they're not building another, like, what was it? A hundred foot miniature of the ship to blow and break in half. Uh, just yeah. like cool practical effects like that. And his movies always had the best practical effects. The best is so cool. They built, you know, the way they shot that um, flooding of that huge tank, that uh, old nuclear power plant. And they just filled that with, I don't know how many uh, gallons of water and then built all these miniatures like the uh, at the bottom of that. And then had all their actors um, had to go dive, learn how to dive and, and do that every day. That's filmmaking you don't see anymore. You never will. And it was crazy what he did back in the day. So I always loved him back in the late 80s, early 90s when I was getting into filmmaking. I was like, James Cameron is the badass. I love what he's doing. And uh, so that was probably an early influence for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, like Jason said, you can't you can't go wrong with uh, with those films. He is. Uh, yeah, just, but you can't say when I are in film school, you get asked that question. You got to say something way more out there. And, and see, <laughs> you know, you're, not, you're not allowed to say stuff uh, that stuff in film school. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, you're you're not allowed to say that in film school. Um, but I, the the first time or the first class that I took in film school, um, my professor was like, "If you're gonna make good films, you need to know how to make good films or watch good films." And the first thing he showed me was the Road Warrior, um, and that was way up my alley. <laughs> beautiful, yeah. beautiful. That's awesome. awesome yeah. Well, uh, we all have, you know, pretty much a round table of, of questions for you. Cause like I said, I think we can speak for, I can speak for all of us that we absolutely love the hell house LLC movies. And uh, again, thank you to Mr. And Mrs. J for introducing those films into our lives. And thank you for, for making them, we all kind of wanted to start in the same place of where did the idea for just the whole concept of Hell House LLC, what was that born from and what was the creation process like? It was like um, uh, with with everything I, I write, when I say everything as if I made like a catalog of films, I've only made five, but um, <laughs> um I, it always starts with like a seed that just grows over time just, and just think about it. And, and what is it? I started with the idea that I did want to make a movie about a haunted house gone wrong. And then from there, just, just that story just evolved over time in my head, writing out drafts that I hated. Um, and it really took like about a year of just writing <clears throat> uh, bad drafts. And I think that's what's, I think that's a good process of writing is writing bad, writing badly first getting all the bad stuff out of the way. And then before you can, you know, fine tune any script, but um it started off as a, as a narrative film, not a found footage film, and about people taking over a haunted house and uh, redoing it. And and but I wasn't liking the way it just, it just wasn't anything. They didn't have like any hook to it. It was it, it just seemed very stale um, idea to me. 
Um, and then one time <clears throat> I took a drive out of Rockland County. I was living in Manhattan at the time. And, and when you go over the GW Bridge into New Jersey, you take a right, you go to the Palisades Parkway, you're back into New York State and you're in Rockland County, which is this beautiful uh, country out there. And um, and I came by this amazing abandoned house. <clears throat> and for some reason, it just clicked that like, this is the house. This is where Alex takes over with his friends. They leave the city. Um, and then uh, and then the idea to start formulating more is something goes wrong, but that's how we start the film and we backtrack to try to figure it out. And just it's just a process of like writing these scripts, figuring things out, putting layers under it and um, and getting to the place where I was like, this script is this is the one I want to shoot with. This is the locked version of the script made it a found footage. Really want to do doc style because I love the way um, they did uh, Lake Mungo. Um, I thought Lake Mungo was an yeah. amazing found footage film. Um, and I loved it being a documentary because it felt so much more real. It just really felt like everything I'm seeing are not paid actors. These are the people it happened to. Um, so that's really, I thought like, oh, like this is, we can really explore this <clears throat> from a documentary setting. And I always love true crime documentaries, like, you know, like um, uh, Datelines and stuff like that. So I just kind of told people, I'm like, it's like Dateline, but we're, we're figuring out a mystery about a ghost, not about why someone killed, you know, their lover or something. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's, that's very cool. Yeah, no, I was just saying that's that's <laughs> very cool. I like uh where you're coming from. Um and you know, especially all these years later, um kind of doing a found footage kind of thing um is it it's not different, but you had a good push with it or or had a good uh different way to do it and and i really enjoyed it it did feel fresh yeah thank you yeah, yeah that's it, what it, i always thought if i was going to do it on footage film is going to have to be a different angle um and yeah. the one the different angle i wanted to do was uh not only do um a doc form but like and the doc form helps this but i always wanted to haven't found footage films it really explains where the footage came from why we're seeing the footage how we're seeing the footage how it's being why it's cut the way it is and presented to an audience um with a lot of film footage films which i all i love them all i think they're all the great like um grave encounters and blair witch like these uh, these are great um really scary movies um but you know like, you, you don't get where like you're just presented the raw found footage and not shown like how why are we seeing these parts and this parts and mm -hmm. um what the only thing i wanted to do differently was just make sure like we're presenting you a cut documentary someone edited this shows mm -hmm. these moments out of the footage they found and presented it to you in a finished documentary that's and that's the only difference i wanted the the different angle i wanted to take was really explain where the footage came from why i got there yeah, yeah, yeah that's what hit me I, is found footage no. in a weird way like it 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 hits me as like so many of those other movies are synonymous with found footage and almost like the found footage is the first foot forward about that about those movies this one feels like it lives much bigger than that genre yeah. and um yeah i i just it, it i forget that it fits within the found footage genre sometimes personally it just feels bigger and um and i don't mean that to insult the others i, I don't but man yeah no i thank you for saying that it's that's um very nice of you to say <laughs> yeah the that i love that that twist on the found footage because it is you know especially coming out with the first one in 2015 around that era 
we had seen a large chunk of them and you know we all love that mm-hmm. that subgenre as well um but you know by that point we were like six paranormal activities deep where it was like they found their niche they found their formula that they were going to use and then this comes along and it's like it's tapping into that true crime stuff and that documentary style filmmaking mixed with yeah. that and i thought that was such a cool twist and i was actually curious when you were as i guess during the writing process watching this i get the feel of like unsolved mysteries and like those classic urban legends watching it were there any like legends that you grew up hearing or local events in your lifetime or just any events you heard about in your lifetime that kind of inspired you while you were writing this yeah um no nothing paranormal um i i did um uh try to mirror a real life tragedy that happened um and that was a uh, a fire um um the uh, station nightclub fire um and uh that was in uh rhode island and um pyrotechnics caught uh flame and so there was a local journalist that was there filming the band that was playing where their pyrotechnics caught and what happened was that um uh the the local journalist was filming the whole time and when the pyrotechnics caught fire you can slowly see people are panicking some people don't really know there's a problem yet and there's like a difference of like people who know there's a problem people that don't and the camera never cut this guy was there with his camera he he took it from when the band started playing to when the fire caught them people start realizing and he took it all the way to getting outside uh in that rush and it, and it never and um and it was tough to watch and I, and I kind of like wanted to um apply that to like well what if something similar happened in a haunted house and like how would people react and like some people knowing there's a there is something to be worried about and some people not understanding it yeah it's like similar to um just uh, what i always tell people in that scene in the opening like you know pretend like you're trying to get out of here as if this building's on fire um you know but you'd really you really don't know what's going on but you just know you see the panic in other people's eyes and it slowly dawns on you and um so um there was a little bit of uh, a real life uh tragedy influence in that scene uh particularly um but in terms of like um myths or legends or ghost stories uh uh not really uh any any influences that um in the second hell house i i did try to include like some kind of like a um i guess you would call them uh like uh urban mysteries and uh kind of um something that the, the hitchhiker kind of the, everyone has that story like if you go down this road at midnight you'll run into like the the lady and you know just like <laughs> things like, kind of, like things like that um story so i tried to incorporate some like smaller little stories like that to start off um too uh but in the original uh not so much okay one of the best scares by the way in part two is it's the hitchhiker girl that uh that was probably my biggest jump uh like watching all three of them sequentially i was like oh god yeah no i, I thought that was it was i like the i always like love stories like that like if like and it was and to me when i was writing that I was like i imagine this as if like people who are in the area of abaddon like kind of know of like if like it's like a whispered about like if you go down this there was the there's that girl that's always looking for a ride to hell house and she died that night and it's certain you know you might see her you know and so like and so in, in things that are whispered about the stories and then like and then some people actually seeing her but not knowing the story and um that that's where that came from and uh, but i love real life real stories like that hearing like ghost stories like that uh, about local local legends is stuff like that 
absolutely. Yeah. We're we're in the south, and I feel like we have plenty of those stories. <laughs> They're fun, you know. Like you want to like kind of like explore it yourself. Like yeah, absolutely. you see what happens. Oh, I go down near these train tracks, and something you tell yep. me, I'll see a ghost at midnight, or you know whatever. whatever <laughs> absolutely, we've all been there, right? Sneaking into haunted houses or sneaking into somewhere yeah. where you can uh, try to get a scare out of yourself. Well, it's it's fun it's it's fun yeah i mean yeah i love those kind of stories and hearing them and uh yeah that's great love it and then i gotta ask are you yourself a fan of going to haunted houses because i love that this takes place on a haunted house at halloween time yeah i i am uh but i just i don't get to many of them just because uh of where i am but i i um uh i love the idea of them i love the the what people do i, I when i was writing this movie i researched haunt uh haunts but it's a whole community of people that yep. build these things yeah. attraction people that sell and and cre create uh these props and and put it going and making the music and all that stuff where it's a whole industry and community uh and great people talk to a lot of them i love it uh i just i don't get to a lot of myself but i always <laughs> try to get down to the um back to the abaddon hotel waldorf estate of fear because you know that's a functioning halloween haunted house um every october uh so i always go down there and, and and do their tour every year and talk to angie the owner who was just so instrumental and in, in, in helping me get uh hell house hell house off the ground so uh, i was i that's the one i get to every year just going back to back there awesome. and it's great because so, well, they incorporate well, a lot of stuff from the movie they 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 you know they um they've changed some things but some things are always still like they'll never change like the bar and the dining room and the basement yeah. like that's all the same so i have a personal question if you had to pick going to a haunted house or working in a haunted house, what would the Stephen <laughs> Cognetti feel drawn to? <laughs> I would I would just like going to a haunted house. I don't have what it takes to um uh performing one like like acting. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be scary at all. I would be like, ah, wrong kids. Ah. <laughs> and I, and I would question myself. I'm like, I just sounded like a pirate there, I think. Ah. Yeah. Um, so I would be terrible as an employee at a haunted house. You're right. I love being on the other side, exploring a haunted house, seeing what they're doing, seeing the gags, and just like living the atmosphere. Just it's it's just about you know, like we uh fans of horror movies, we we love october we love the fall it's it's yeah. just it's just a it's just the best time of the year and when you go to a haunted house around the halloween time you just it just this is the best embodiment of like what we love and it's just it's fun it's just so in season it's a great feeling it's like you know going to see when you're a kid going to see santa claus in december or something you know Reach. well so so what i want to ask um is of course there are a lot of like great gags or you know horror moments in the movie um, but like, do you think that you would be doing these gags just in a horror, like, you know, just in a, in a haunted house, if you didn't do this movie, or do you think they, that you were influenced with these gags from, you know, uh, a haunted house or how did you, how did you I, go about that? I think it's the, I think it's just the setting because that's a big part of the movie. Yeah. Is it you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I think it's the well. Um, and if I'm answering your question correctly, I think it's the setting that drives the scare. So once I have the story and kind of know what the setting is, even if I haven't found the location yet, um, I will explore pictures of of locations that are like they will inspire me. Like this is like kind of looks like the haunted house I would like to film in, and as I'm writing. 
um, the scares will come from just uh, the, the moment and just writing the scene and, and trying to figure out um, what would be a good scare for this part and what they're doing. But um, the one scare that that stayed from first draft of the script to the final draft of the script um, and never never changed at all um, was was two of them. Um, one was the when they wake up in the middle of the night and the clown standing at the bottom of the stairs. Um, yeah. Something once I like once I knew I wanted to make something about a haunted house that they are staying at, like it's based in an abandoned place that the group is staying at. First thing I came up with, like, well, they have to have their props have to be moving and on them. And and one of them is going to be yeah. a clown. And I would love for them to just just wake up and just see that that clown is where it's not supposed to be. And just their reaction to that. And and that was one of the first scares I ever thought of because that was the first horror movie I've written. So that's definitely the first scare I ever wrote or ever thought of. Um, and and, I, and I, I just love that idea of it. And I love how, how we filmed it and the slow descent down the stairs towards it. Um, and the other scare that stayed the same way was the the um, uh, strobe light uh, scene um, with Paul when he's oh, getting, yeah. yeah. That one was like once, and then that was another thing. I'm like, I know I want to work in a scare with a strobe light because one thing I know about haunted houses, they always have strobe light rooms. <laughs> and so I got to work that in somehow. And then I, I figured out it's like the one of the workers is going to see something in the strobe effect and it's not going to be there and it'll be there and, and they're going to have their moment. But, um, and, and that was the fun, but that's the fun thing about writing these movies is trying to come up with uh, uh, cool scares. The challenging thing about two and three um, for me was coming up with new scares within the same exact location where we've been filming for a while so that was uh, that was the tough thing about sequels which um that's why i'm excited about hell i was always excited about hell house um uh, origins the one we just shot in april um because it's a whole new story whole new um story within the world but we're not in the abaddon hotel anymore but it was a really tough thing i'm like how can i can i want to finish the story two and three but i don't know how to you know, to come up with new scares in the same location we've been in. So, but that, that was, that was the biggest challenge of writing two and three. The, the three, I guess, mannequins or bodies sitting on the floor. Yeah. Like, um, which was great. And the heads turning, like, mm-hmm. how did you come up with that? Or, or what, what gave you the position for that? Well, once I knew that, you know, where we're, uh, we're in this haunted house and they have props everywhere. I knew that I, it, my favorite kind of style of scare is the very subtle things that happen in the background and not something that's really jumping out at you and saying, boo. Um, and so one of the, and I knew that a lot of that was going to rely on, on um, uncanny eye things, things that just moving that you didn't, you're not really sure was that real or is that like, is that, you know, so I, I just, um, that was just inspired for me just wanting to play with the props in a way that's going to mess with the cast and the act, the characters, um, and and them not really being sure if what they saw was real or not, or did that move on its own? And it's it just, but like us as the yeah. audience, we see that and we kind of we're like, that's not supposed to be there. Um, and them questioning their own sanity and questioning why they're there, but never really having that boo moment yet. You know, like the thing that would definitely make them flee. That's you got to walk that fine line of like you you want to just poke them a little bit, scare them a little bit, mm-hmm. but we have to make this believable. That they're going to actually stay there uh and not run so if i come out like someone comes out like and tries to scare them or like a, my yeah. pirate move from before Arr, uh, <laughs> you know they'll 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 flee and we don't have a movie we have a first act of a movie but um so but it, i just wanted to do very subtle things and just like head turns like they do like did that head turn i don't know and questioning it that that's like those are yeah. little that will freak them out but not cause them to flee 
Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I love in the more modern horror is that people are realizing that, you know, that, like you said, like somebody going at the screen, you know, it's, <laughs> isn't really effective anymore. Um, right. It's kind of more of the, hey, did I see that or did I not see that? Yeah, it's, it's it's like jump scares. Sometimes a, a jump scare can later. be really effective. Yeah, sometimes right. a jump scare can be really effective, um, but sometimes it could be it could be used uh, very cheaply just just to get your heart going, but for for no, but just for that, just for no other reason. So I love that okay. you said that because I I often regard that as cheap. If yeah yeah, if and it's that's not, it you know. has to be genuine fear. Yes. And not just I just turned the volume up on you at the at the right time. Um, and of course that will make anyone jump. But if that's just yes. but you have to, you have sure. to, I think you have to earn the scare. You have to earn people's fear a little bit more than than just uh, having the boo moment. Yeah, there's a difference between scaring people and startling people. If I right. walk yes. behind you with a snare drum and you know <laughs> I'm there, but I'm still just gonna walk for ten minutes behind you, and then occasionally <laughs> I just hit it. Yeah, it's like oh, I scared you, Stephen. Like no, no, I startled you, and it can be annoying after a minute. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that um, you were worried about. You know, I guess the you know how can you still scare people in like two and three? We watched three last night, and I was still just as scared in three as I was when I first watched the first one. Particularly when Jane goes down into the basement and she's you know kissing the clown, that junk still scared me last night. And like I'm telling you, nothing scares me. Like I've seen all kinds of horror movies. <laughs> This is why I love your movies so much. They are the first movies to scare me in a very long time. Thank um, you. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. But um, I just wanted to kind of piggyback on some of these, um, the freaks, as you guys called them in the movies. It seems like some of them had like actual bodies in them. Like they might've been people dressed up. Like maybe the clown was for sure. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that was like a thing you did or if I was just imagining that people were in them because <laughs> the movie was so scary. <laughs> Um, I think in the freaks, um, especially in um, the is strobe light scene, because I know that they refer to the freaks a lot in the strobe light scene. Yeah. How many freaks do we have in here? Um, they're all mannequins except for the one that appears out of nowhere. That that mm -hmm. is. Uh, that is an actor, yeah. Okay. And, I just imagined it then. <laughs> that's how good it was. I was thinking there's somebody in that thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It, 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 that, that's good for us, though. If you don't know, um, mm -hmm. it's not obvious either way, then I think that helps us. And uh, when something does end up moving, yeah. um, and you weren't aware, you know, like, that looks like a person. I'm not sure. And then it moves. You're like, oh, that's a person. <laughs> or that's, yeah. you know, that's something. Um, that's, uh, that, I think that uh, um, we didn't have, like, two great of mannequins on the first one um we had like we we're using a lot of the dummies that uh angie had on set and we addressed them uh, a certain way though but uh uh and so then which made things tough though because a lot of times we needed things to stand we needed heads to move when there mm -hmm. was actually no actor in them so the you mentioned before about the heads the three clowns in the basement when they go into the basement um looking for uh looking for paul yeah and, uh and that all three of the heads turned that was tough because there was only one of those uh, thing. One of them was a real uh, person. The other two were fake. So, wow. so it was just like a like a gag. We had to have like someone there in the darkness, like waiting for the right moment to get the heads turned. <laughs> and like, and they can't see a thing, so they don't even know if they have the heads positioned right at the right moment when the camera's turned away. So when the camera turns back, they're look the heads are looking right at the camera this time. And we had to do that a couple times because like some like the person doing it turned in. Like sometimes it just make you go backwards or like one's looking this way, one's looking that. <laughs> It was a mess, and, you know, and that's fun about making these kinds of movies. You got people yeah. like 
on the dark, trying to get the gags right and, and, and you know, trying to set that all up and rehearse is a lot of fun. That's amazing. Thank you. That's cool. Wow. You just. Oh, you know, one story about the. Um, the uh, uh jane in the basement in uh in three uh the that scare came from um i wrote that scare because that's something actually we talked about in hell house one one night when we were finished filming uh we were everyone goes back to the hotels after we finished at the abaddon <clears throat> and everyone was kind of freaked out by by the uh, waldorf state of fear because it's it's you get lost in there it's dark and when all the lights are off nobody wants to be the last one in there because it's a freaky yeah. place so when we're all in the cars and the place is dark um we asked uh i was in the car and uh, i think i asked um one of our one of our pas or, or someone i said like would you like how much would you want to be paid if to go in there right now go into the basement and to sit next to the clown you know you don't get any light, like 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 would you do that and she was like hell no i there's no amount of money i would never nope. go in there. you know and and just, it was just like we we're dare just throwing out dares well would you do it for this would you do and then I, so I just took that conversation, gave it to the the actors in three. And so they were daring Jane to do the same thing we had talked about daring one of our production assistants in, in one and just gave it to her. But she actually accepts the dare yes. uh, with uh, the help of some alcohol. And uh, uh, it was fun. I, I like the way that came out. I love that you brought that up too about how that that scene was born. Because me and Mr. J were talking about this um, yesterday, just in anticipation of of talking with you all of the the dialogue and the interactions between the characters feels so natural and real like you i believe that these people are our friends so was that a lot of your writing when it came to the dialogue was a lot of the dialogue on the fly how did how did the the actual dialogue between the characters usually come about for you on the, on the original mm -hmm. um it was uh it was it's mostly uh scripted with some improv put it put into it um but i think the best thing we did was um it, it was a long cast uh process of casting and getting finding the right people but just doing little things to get them to to start molding early you know we didn't we didn't really have a lot of time to get them together in the city we had one table read in the city before we all met and, and left to go to uh, the waldorf which is in pennsylvania um and uh I remember I just put them all in the same car and I told Tony, um, uh, Jared Hacker, I said, will you just get some road games going, make sure everyone's talking, <laughs> play stuff like, you know, whatever you do to pass the time, whatever those games are, stupid road games. And he's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. Don't worry about it. And then when they get there, by the time uh, we got to our hotels that night, everyone got out of the car, they, they were already kind of gelling, having fun and laughing. And then we start filming. We had a great first day filming. And then that night, they all went to the bar and got drunk together, and uh, and, 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 and they that's had a the plan. last thing you want your actors to do. I was, I was fine with it. I said, as long as you're showing up the next day, have a blast. And it was actually, and they were just gelling so much. They and like, and I saw it, so I was never gonna be like, no, don't, don't, don't go get drunk. I'm, I'm just more like, hey, if that helps you guys with your chemistry, go hang out. Um, but in their in their defense, they but they but they they um. Then they would just be hanging out afterwards all the time, like being in each other's rooms and and, and screwing around and then go to the bar. And, and that was great. And that helped on set too. Um, and so much of so the one night they drank too much. And that's when uh, in the strobe light scene, Paul actually does throw up. Um, that was real because he was hung over. Um, <laughs> that's so, awesome. So I guess they, they pushed it a little too hard that, that time, but. Well, it worked. It worked for that scene for sure. Uh, Mr. J, did you have a question you wanted to throw out? Yeah. Um, so Marvin Gaye, <laughs> your, your first 
feature length movie ends up being like a genre classic your second and third are just as strong as this the first one every ending is solid in a genre that really struggles with solid endings you have like a fan base you have fan groups on facebook with thousands of people in them and so really what i guess i just want to ask is what does it feel like to be god's favorite <laughs> Well, you're being way too kind. Uh, it's, I, well, uh, don't don't pull too hard. No, you're, you're being they're way too kind. That's very, so nice of you to say. I'm just glad that um um it, that uh, what I, I I wrote the movies to have my style of scares and the style of scares I like are the subtlety stuff. And I'm just every time I see someone reach out to me and say love the movies, I'm like that's another you know, we are a simpatico in, in the style of scares that we like. And and that's just uh, anybody who appreciates that, then I just know that there is a broader audience of myself included of people who like that style of of, of horror and scares. Um, so it always just warmed my heart, not from like a, an ego sense when people say they love Hell House. I'm just kind of like, ah, that's someone who likes my style of scares too. I, they'll like, like Mungo or they'll, you know, they'll like, uh, they'll like The Exorcist or they'll like, uh, um, something like oh you know like this the strangers i love that moment in the strangers with Liv tyler early on the film where she's on the phone and you just camera just pans and the, the guys they're behind her they're in the house yeah. that nothing happens nothing said nothing goes boo it is so terrifying i love that mm -hmm. scene it's like i just and that's my style and i always just uh, appreciate when other people like that style too and and don't just need the constant booze and and you know and like slasher has its place uh you know sure. gore horror people love that I have all mm -hmm. the respect for the, the it's just it's not my 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 cup of tea but i i like the some things are paranormal and things that are very more on the subtle side and um that's what i that's what i go for but even as you said you just i don't i mean i'm sure you realize it but it's it's crazy that you've hit something that i mean the only other person i can think of i know there's probably more but is john carpenter when people asked him how many masks did you make for Michael Myers? And he's like, one. <laughs> and they're like, but it had different expressions. Like, like it would, and he's like, no, it didn't. Like it's literally <laughs> you projecting. And so the fact that um, my, my, my cohort here is like, were there bodies in those? Cause it felt like, <laughs> like they were it real. just felt like they were real. And you're like, no, like, that's just, <laughs> like that i had to applaud you on this side like my gosh that's incredible and again i mean i'll say it again because i don't want it to come off as a compliment as much as i want it to come off as just telling the truth i i don't think there's a weak film in the trilogy mm -hmm. and the fact that they're all three very strong very unique you never rehash anything um, in terms of you know old scares but you do reincorporate things that we want to see again because it'd be yep. a tragedy to not have that clown back yep. you know what I mean <laughs> and you do find a way to use the the structure in a way that feels fresh every time you you put in these little references like um uh Russell Wynn um ordering his last supper and yes. and then you know kitchen's closed oh well i'll just have some rolls and 
yeah. red wine. I'm like, <laughs> if that is not a messianic <laughs> reference, <laughs> if that's not a clear, I appreciate it's that you just got so that. good, brother. <laughs> yeah. It's so good, and not just that. You, it's it. I. Ugh, I want to work with you. Like, <laughs> like you're <laughs> the music. Mm-hmm. Like it's so minimalistic, but completely fresh. I, I hearing the piano part. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I don't. I, I can usually tell where something's going, and I'm like, I got every next note wrong. <laughs> like it just was like, God, what? this is so it just the whole thing felt fresh even though it's like yeah at this point the found footage genre had reached a bit of a saturation point um as of genre like a found footage movie it the fact that it was found footage wasn't enough to get people's attention whereas earlier like it was just so fresh that people were like i want to see this at this point it like you have to stand out differently it's not enough just to be a found footage film and this thing the fact that it does live much bigger in my opinion than you know the subgenre the fact that you do care about these people the fact that i've introduced it to people is like well it's so it's so story driven and then and then i watch it and i'm like is it character driven is it like it's just the whole freaking thing good job brother (laughs) Oh, thank you. And the, we could go on. the original, that cast, really, they they took over the film, I feel. I, I feel like people like it um, because of uh, what they did. And I think that cast was really great. I, um, they're still friends this day. I think they did such a good job of embodying their, the characters that they had. Um, and not just the main cast, of, you know, Diane and, uh, and all their interviewees. And uh, Theo plays the, the, the bearded uh yeah, out there and like I just feel like they, they they all did an amazing job of 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 making it feel real and uh, bringing it out all those characters out uh, really well too. Thanks I for mean, telling I, us that they're friends because I want to know that they're all hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they are. Well, um, Sarah moved to uh, LA. She's now like a really uh, uh, good writer, so she writes and she's um uh, she's well, I guess she's now on strike, but um. Uh, <laughs> she's uh but she's uh, really talented at writing she doesn't act anymore so to get her to come back for the third one because she's like done with that she's like actually really uh doing very successful in hollywood writing and i was like please i'm like this is the send-off for for the company I mean, just come in for one day i'll fly you out and everything and she was cool about it she came out and it, but it was seeing them all together again when we had that reunion for three uh it was it was great and they, yeah they, they all stay in touch and uh, uh, Gore and Danny, uh, Alex and um, Paul are, are are really close, and um, yeah, and, and uh, Adam and Hacker as well. So, I'm gonna act like you didn't say that, and that instead they all like share an apartment and they hang. Out. <laughs> they're all yeah, they they're in a band. And, yes, uh, tell me more. Uh, yes, they're touring. So just look for their tour dates, and uh... <laughs> will do. <laughs> Love it. I I wanted I'll... to ask about uh just the world building for a second with with two and three because you know you get to part two and you have Mitchell as one of the one of the heroes that mm-hmm. we just heard him about in the end of the first one analyzing all the all the tapes and yeah. then you bring him into play and then you build on the mythology of the Abaddon and then by three you're world world building even more. And it's a new setup inside of the 
inside of the Abaddon Hotel with with insomnia. Mm -hmm. But every even when you change things up that way, everything still feels like it all is cut from that same cloth of the original Hell House. So I wanted to wanted to ask with building on the world of Hell House and you've found this niche where you can build on it, but not stray too far to where it feels like a different franchise. So I wanted to ask, does that come pretty naturally for you? You feel pretty comfortable like in expanding the world and staying close to what you started? Or is it a bit of a a challenge to like, okay, I can't go too far with it. Uh, I know what the fans want. So like, what's what's that dynamic like when you're writing? Uh, it, it hasn't been, I mean, with two and three, that wasn't tough because that two and three, I always knew the story I wanted to tell and I knew where two and three were going. Um, and, and so those scripts and those stories came very easily. I told you the challenge was just, you know, working in the scares and making them original. Um, so I never really thought there was any challenge to, uh, in that respect, but, uh, I'm not even sure if that answers your question at all, but, uh, <laughs> um, uh, is it, do can you ask it again? I, I kind of, yeah, no, no problem. I, I uh, I was just wondering, like, do you feel like with writing in this world, is it a challenge yeah. for you to kind of like stay true oh, to say, the yeah. universe, or like, do you find it difficult to not stray too far with it it's, when you're it, building the world? Well, I'll tell you what is difficult is um uh is staying within found footage because um I you know I just always wanted to be a filmmaker, film school, all that stuff, and I I love classic filmmaking in like terms of setups and coverage of scenes and. Um, and really being able to do whatever I want with a camera and not have to justify why, why, why is this camera on? Why, who's holding it? And for what purpose I mean, that has to be justified or else it's garbage. So that's like, always like, I'm like, I hate that. I just love that. I love the idea of, you know, just traditional narrative and just having, you know, it's just the, um, fly on the wall, um, perspective, but, uh, that's the only thing. And every time I, 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 when I went into writing too, I was like, would I be able to make this as a traditional narrative with the fans care? And, um, if I just swapped, if I switched from found footage and went to that, and I was like, yeah, and I'll stick to found footage. And when I wrote the third one, I asked myself the same question: Can I make the third a tradition? No, I'll stick to found footage. Um, mm -hmm. But um, so I've always, I always want I I kind of love um, just you know traditional filmmaking and uh, found footage is fun because you could do so much more with found footage. Found footage is great because it cuts down on budget because it slashes your production schedule in half since you're only filming one um, camera angle for every scene. Um, so that's why filmmaking takes so long because you got to work in uh, all the coverage of one scene, so many different camera angles, and it's just uh, you can only shoot a few pages a day because of that. Um, so we're able to really um, uh, make these movies um, for what they a lot less than what they would be if they traditional. That helps a lot, but um, but I, yeah. I do, so yeah, for that's the only challenge is kind of like I got to always justify the camera because I'm in the found footage world. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a minimal budget uh, being able to do it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, does, it helps a lot. It helps tremendously, yeah. So sure. did you did you have like a long-going story that you wanted to tell? Or did you start with the first one and with the success of the first one go to the next two and three well when i first wrote the the first script for hell house um was was a traditional narrative as i said but but when you're a traditional narrative there's a lot more exposition you can give 
and there's a lot more depth to the hotel and its story to begin with. Then when I switched it to found footage, I'd cut out a lot of that because you really can't just you can't give exposition the way you can a narrative in found footage because why is there a camera there? Why is someone filming this random exposition scene? So um, so I had to cut out a lot of the backstory of the hotel. Um, and then so I wanted to make, get in there. I wanted to get the backstory of the hotel out there and, and let that play out over two and three, find out what the cult was doing there, who Al, who uh, Andrew Tolley was and all that stuff. And I, I wrote like bases of that and the original script that I cut out, but then got into and then used two and three to get more into that, what I had written and cut out before. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, it's like the, I just wanted to, I, I cut out a lot of the cult story, a lot of the history of the Abaddon in the original script from its evolution to it getting uh, to the found footage film. But then I just incorporated that mythology into bringing out that story more and, and playing it out oh, that out over two and three. Yeah. So I, I do like um, the kind of, again, you talked about kind of Blair Witch and everything. Um, and I do like the kind of um, just not spelling everything out. And mm. I, I think that's cool. Yeah. And I think he did a lot of that um, with the first one. Um, it just mm. showing kind of like the cult and everything. And I did really like that. Um, but, you know, Sometimes uh, filmmakers don't like to go super deep into anything or like kind of explain it. And um, I, I don't just, at all. I don't. I don't like explaining yeah. things. I like I like I think it's fun for the audience to try to figure things out. And I, I was able to do that a lot more in one. Um, and then uh, I think I did it less in three than I would have liked. And three, um, I feel like the editing was such that it it didn't allow for Easter eggs to be figured out. I think the editing was such that um, a lot of the Easter eggs were just the answers were forced upon the audience, um, which I personally did not like. I always like someone, if uh, someone says to me like, Hey, I don't think the audience is going to be able to figure it out. Like what, like this reference is. And I'll be like, okay, well then they'll rewatch it and, you know, and they'll, they'll eventually figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't want to give them the answer just because upon first watch, they didn't, they didn't get something or, um, and I think that's, I think, um, one, and the original, because it was very independent and, and uh, I was able to do that a lot, just put out things there, didn't have any explanation really for, and, um, and then, um, and then I was able to do that less and less and uh, you find, but I think it's good, like, as, as you grow as a filmmaker and, and, uh, you know, you have um, less of, I guess, like, I can do less than I want, but um, uh, sometimes I'm, well, I'm I I'm forced to like, to, I'm forced to give answers, I guess, a lot more than I'd like to. <laughs> so, I can say I, I don't want you to force <laughs> answers. Um, uh, there are a lot of films that I love, especially like American Psycho and, you know, uh, you know, other things that I, I don't really need the answers for. Right. Um, and, and I think that's great. I love that you don't need the answer. I love like I love audience members that don't need things handed to them mm -hmm. or spoon fed to them. 
And, and if they do, that's fine. I mean, that's, everyone has their own tastes and everything like that, but I kind of like not spoon feeding people and letting them figure it out. And, um, and I, I love that you love that style too. And, and fig, trying to figure things out on your own without them saying, yeah, like, I this do. is the reference I'm making. This is the answer to the question. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be like, Hey, here's how are like, um, happened? Yeah. It's or, just like uh, Mr. J was saying about the, the, um, the last supper scene in three, it's like, uh, you know, you could do that subtly. People will pick up on it. Maybe some won't, but it's like, or I could, I could film it in a way where they start breaking the bread together and then it's kind of like, Hey, this is like the last supper, isn't it? Like it really. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, so, you know, like, it's just like, fine. I like it when it's like, okay, some people get, some people won't just like, yeah. let's that, that we don't have to tell them the answer, what we're seeing. We don't have to explain everything. Yeah. I, 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 I like it from the little piece of it, like just at least a little piece of it or you know something to guide me somewhere but i don't need oh, the yeah you need, you need a little breadcrumb of some kind um yeah, and, yeah exactly yeah. exactly and i i feel like what you've done with those have been great so i appreciate it. thank you mm -hmm. uh, i kind of feel like um I, I have these arguments all the time so what you're talking about is like like arguments i've i'm i had just yesterday you know <laughs> with with mm -hmm. with uh uh people about uh certain scene cuts and, and stuff like that or reading uh screenplays and getting getting notes on things i'm just and they're like yeah i think this needs to be explained better i don't think people are gonna get it and my gut my knee-jerk reaction is like okay <laughs> they don't get it that's what like, okay. like, yeah. you know, so you gotta, you gotta play like you gotta go don't you gotta get a little bit and you know it's it's fine and um i was able to get away with it a lot more in one because uh, we we're an unknown but uh now I, I you know you gotta give a little and now and well, make some well, three was was a cool watch for me because first time watching it, I didn't catch a lot of that stuff because when scenes like that would happen, like the Last Supper scene, I'm like, okay, this is like a scare. There's something up with Russell. He's just kind of being weird. And you can look at it as that. And then you go back knowing what his arc is. And you're like, oh, wait, now I want to go back and watch it knowing where where things yeah. are going. And then you pick up on more more pieces of the puzzle as you go on and like yeah I think and there's a lot of that going on so um uh i have a film that's coming up sometime um it's been in post-production forever it's called 825 force road and i filmed it in 2021 and um it's it's i'm happy to say that we're like this so close to wrapping it up yeah. um, but uh that's a film that's like this is exactly everything like the story is like overlapping and interweaving with just within like a basic haunted house story and and we've had and for two years i've had the, these uh, discussions <laughs> with the other producers about like how much can we explain and i think some of this is they would say this is ambiguous i don't think they're gonna get this and i was like well that means they'll if someone does get it, maybe they'll rewatch it and that's a good thing but like i've been having this but i can't wait for that to come out because it's kind of a lot of what you're saying it's a lot of like things that are set up that you you when you see something else later on pay off later on you want to go back go back and watch the setup again yeah um it's a lot of that and uh and i tried to do i those are my favorite kind of scares where um scares that have a little bit more involvement in them that have like setups that you don't understand really what you're seeing at first but then they pay off later and why why that was scary comes comes upon later and where the genesis of that scare came from you know comes from later it's 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 fun uh hell um uh, the new ones that, that we're making is going to come out in october is uh you know hell House origins it's got a lot of fun stuff like that um wait so yeah awesome awesome uh, Mrs. J, I know that you, as we sort of start to bring it home, I know that you had a question uh, pertaining to 
the hotel itself. You want to throw that one out there? Because I think that was a really good one. Hoping. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I thought what was interesting is as I'm watching kind of all the movies, I found it hard to sort of get a layout or some sort of whatever about how the hotel was laid out. And I, yeah. I likened it a little bit to The Shining even. They do that in The Shining. And I think with Kubrick, that was like intentional that he, he didn't want you to kind of know where you're going in the hotel. So was that intentional with you? Yeah. Uh, no, it was, um, I wanted to give a little bit, uh, so actually the, one of the main reasons why the opening is the scare where they walk through with, uh, on the tour group is I wanted to give a little bit of perspective of the, of what the, the haunted, the hotel looked like. Um, mm -hmm. just, I thought that was something that would help our audience know and, and, and appreciate the scares more if they knew where they were, some general sense of where they were yeah, in sure. the hotel and you get a glimpse of things early um, like a location, you see it uh, where as it was functioning on that opening night during like chaos. And then I think you have appreciation seeing how did we get there in that location? Like, what did it look like when they first came upon it? And what mm -hmm. like the, the, the what it took for them to set it up to get there. So I really did um, want to use that tour um, to give the audience a little glimpse of the, the space. Um, and, and I think I think that helps more. I, I and, and, you know, as you were saying about Kubrick, I think what he did was 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 well put for that i think that was great and it's great about him he's, he's a genius um mm -hmm. was a genius but um yeah uh but for me it was not that it was it was, okay. it was more, i wanted to um i wanted to just i wanted my whole thing with the hotel is i wanted to show it in um three different stages mm -hmm. and that and that was and that was the whole th i knew that was going to be the most complicated part of production was showing a space that needed to look three different ways. The way the opening night when they're ready to go for the scare, the way it looked when Hell House first came upon it um, to set up their haunted house. And the third look was going to have to be what it looked like post-disaster, years after that happened. Um, and, and it's kind of like going um, back uh, to uh, an abandoned house after some terrible tragedy happens and just like coming upon it again. It's going to have to have those three distinct looks. And, and, and so I think you can appreciate those looks more if you understand the space a little bit more. So I wasn't trying yeah. to be confusing of the space too much. Um, it was confusing. I think the space is confusing. I've got a lot of hidden doors and compartments that are already built in there. Um, the actors were always getting lost, um, which is hilarious to see <laughs> security cameras like being, calling up like, well, someone help me. I, I don't know where I am. And, um, so it is, it is a maze, but uh, my whole thing is I really wanted to get across those three distinct looks, sure. one location and, and have that be believable. I think you I did it. that and you did it well, but I, and I don't, I, like, I think it added to it, the fact that I was kind of had moments of like, where are we in this place? Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I know it's, I, I even still, like, I tried to give a little bit of a sense of the space, but it's the place yeah. is already such a maze that it was mm -hmm. never, I was, you know, that was never going to be achieved. So sure. <laughs> it I liked was still going to be confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it actually kind of ties into the disorientation that the characters are yeah. feeling when they've got yeah. this camera yeah. in front of them and they're trying to navigate these hallways, thinking that there's maybe someone yeah. behind him or maybe not. You know, I think it adds to the the paranoia yeah, and, the, and the claustrophobic of it, the claustrophobia of it all, because and there's really no windows and the windows that we did have hell house 
um, boarded up themselves because they wanted to be as scarce. So there's places that had natural light coming into it, like the wine room when they first arrived there. It's like they had the glaring light coming in from the outside. I love the look of that. Um, it looked great, but then later on we see it. That's a that's a closed off window. Um, and they and Hell House did that purposely because that's the, the they said so. Um, and then they they're kind of like boxing themselves in in that place and there's lock up and yeah. and that that was great for us. Um, also because we could shoot night for day. We could shoot during during the day all day and we not have to worry about <laughs> shooting yeah. at nighttime. So that helped us. Love it. Awesome. Well, uh, anybody else got any uh, questions you all want to throw out before we uh, bring it on home, Mister J? You got something or Jason? I don't um, know, man. I I'm just. <laughs> I think Mr. To be Jay honest, I'm I'm just incredibly and in, incredibly uh, enthused about these movies, and I've had a great time with them. And I can't believe that we got the second to talk to you, man. Um, you guys are you guys are just way too nice. If I know you guys are too nice, I would have I would have my wife's in here too. So I can be like, well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. J, uh, did you did you say you have a question you wanted to throw out as we bring it on home? I you do, wanna... and uh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I don't mean to make anybody uncomfortable, but um, <laughs> the the Abaddon tapes, Ooh. man we were getting very excited and I, I mean can you speak to any of that are you free to speak to any of that is it helpful is it better to for me not to know um so yeah i i uh, i think there's a lot of people that jumped the gun on on our end about you know making promises that we couldn't uh come through on in terms of right. on tapes was one of them but um uh it was uh i i'm i'm not a uh this the series is not happening um but i think that's okay because what this the idea of a the potential idea of the series is really um got my writing going and exploring more history and i wrote out some scripts that i knew i was probably like i'm probably not going to ever make this but it helped so much when i wrote hell house origins so it, it it really writing a lot more um Abaddon stuff uh the, for what you know we were hoping might be a series at some point um helped me uh really flesh out what I think is a really cool story for Hell House Origins. And I think if I didn't do that, then I might not have gone down the road that I did um for origins. But origins is uh is take takes place present day, but it explores a lot of like um themes and 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 uh origin ideas that um i wanted to get out there in the tapes but you know obviously couldn't so but i brought a little bit of those those uh seeds story seeds into origins and i, I think it's a i think it's gonna I, it's gonna be a lot of fun i can't i'm really excited for people to see this i i it's been a long time um uh what since 2019 since um you know three came out so i'm just excited to have uh, another hell house coming out soon it's you know what we three months away so um, which it's three months away. I just yeah. remind me, I, gotta, I should probably finish this edit. Um, so, uh, <laughs> We're um, excited. I just gave myself like a like. Oh, it is three months away. Right. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I but I just thought you've like got, it, it. You've must got have... at least uh, you know four people that are uh, really excited about it and <laughs> can't wait. 
Yes. Oh, there's yeah, many, think, many, many more. <laughs> yeah, and I think even even though the Abaddon tapes didn't happen, I think it at the very least, I mean, I, I was encouraged on your behalf by how excited and interested people got. And I think it it showed any potential investors, any potential whatever that like this is a commercially viable idea that people people want more. Like they're not like and done. We're we're fi- part three. We're finished. Like, I mean, I, I saw it in a lot of horror groups. Yeah. It was it, the, the outpouring of uh uh, uh you know just uh, uh people saying nice things on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um all the time, and I just I'm just overwhelmed by it, and it's just really and I just always take that as a all right, people like this style of horror, and I'm just I'm so pumped by that because then that makes me like, oh, right, I want to write more of this kind of horror because people obviously like it, um, that style. So that's just always just encouraging um, to yeah. see people uh, they, they like they like the Hell House movies. Um, but uh, yeah, this one, this new one, I just uh, was April of 2022, where I I, I texted um, someone from the distribution company out and I said like, hey, do you think there'd be any interest in a in a new Hell House? And he's like, yeah, like go for it, write a script. I'm like, I have this idea. I've been and I want to I want to get up. And so it was just like a year from from that uh, in April to the next April where we were filming. And this this story came out pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, and it's like six months until I had the, the lock draft that I wanted to film. Um, and then the next six months is uh, planning the uh, planning the production. Um, and this one when this one was uh, very smooth. And I love the location we found the actors, the crew, everything was great on this. And just on so many levels, I'm just so excited for everyone to see this, this new uh, Hell House movie. Amazing. And I, I, I think that you've got, it's important to note that everybody in the horror community, like you go to conventions, you talk to people, everybody in the horror community, like when they really like something, they, they mm-hmm. rally around it full force. Yep. And I think that our community is the best community out there. It's right. Just, and, I, and I think that surrounding Hell House LLC is one of the best things about the horror community is that, yeah. like we touched on earlier, Mr. and Mrs. J are the reason that Jason and I know about these movies because of word of mouth and because of like, I love this movie so much. Have you seen it? Here's what it means to me. And I think mm-hmm. that you have the best thing about the horror community going around th- this franchise is that people that don't know about it are excited to check it out because their friends say how much they love it. And I think that's that word of mouth and that sharing it with friends and family helps films to stand the test of time even more because it's coming from a place of sentiment and a place of like, this film is special to me. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's an important factor with this franchise. So I'm insanely excited to see where the franchise goes from here because of that. Absolutely. I, I think if you never do another movie, I still think the horror community is going to be just so grateful for your contributions. And I, I, I honestly believe, and I don't believe this about a lot of things. Um, I, 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 I don't think there's any way that 20 years from now, people aren't still watching hell house LLC. And like, I, I don't think it's going to be a trendy, like, product of the moment Mm -hmm. i think um some of the other found footage ones potentially again i'm not trying to cast aspersions but i think um you know i'm just i don't i don't know what the staying power is but this one it just feels different it hits differently there there's so much significance to it Mm -hmm. um 
I mean, everybody that we've shown it to, even people who don't even like horror are yeah. like, gosh, I like that movie. <laughs> I only like horror movies and I love this movie. What is going on with this thing? <laughs> so I love that you're still making movies. I love that you're still creating. Um, but I also love that, you know, as as much as it may sound um, cheesy or, um, you know, I don't know, flattering, because that that isn't my 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 intent. I I do think the horror community's been changed by these movies and impacted, and um, I I just don't I I don't see a way that um, it's gonna be just over mm-hmm. you know people are still gonna be talking about these for a long time i don't keep watching no, it, it <laughs> is and it, it's a big it's a big big impact and it is it's gonna be a great movie like especially the first one like i mean like when when bucky told me about it and uh when uh, Mr. J said, "Like, hey, you gotta watch this." I finally turned it on, and I loved it. And I, I think you did a great job. And I uh, mean, the fact that you would um, take the time to talk to us is great. Um, and we're we're big, big fans. Yes. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys are adults. I talk to a five and a seven year old uh, most all day long. So this is a great uh, change of pace for me. (laughs) I love it. Well, uh, Stephen, Stephen, it has been. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you so much. It's always great, especially thank you for all the kind words you guys said about about these movies and um, you know great people that work on them, great actors, and um, uh, they what they their what their input has been into the films has been. uh, I, 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 especially for the original, I think the people like that so much because of that cast. I think what they did was amazing. Um, we were, we have everyone who put con- contributed behind the scenes and the crew, everyone did a great job. Um, so it just, uh, and, and so I'm just glad that people are recognizing that everyone's worked hard on, on these films and it's been it's absolutely, been- man. We love it. Um, yeah, and we do. Um, I, I, I did not think that I was going to like it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I get it. You never know about found footage. It could go either way. Um, nope. So, you know, it, but uh, it, but there's so much um, good out there. So many fun gems to find in the found footage where you never know. Yeah. You go into, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to get into. But then it's, it's so, I love that. when it, and That happens with me so many times. Um, just, and especially found footage. Just I don't know. Turn it on. Let's give it a try. And, and, yeah, I, and I'm pleasantly surprised by a film. Um, and like Mungo's one of them. And just on a whim. And that was like a Netflix DVD rental for me. And I no. love it. And I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like this movie's awesome. Like I'm so glad I found it. It got in my queue. You know. Now that's how I, I found Hell House. I yeah, literally but, was just flicking past it and was yeah. like, I wonder what this is. Hadn't heard a word about it. And man it was so hard not to overhype it to people because <laughs> i didn't want to tell them like this is the best thing you're ever going to see i wanted to just <laughs> kind of just be like hey you know figure that out if if you know if you have time maybe you know maybe maybe <laughs> check it out just knowing that it's gonna freaking blow their minds <laughs> yeah me and, me and mr j have, have different me and mr it. j have different plans of attack because i i'm the other way around and i go jason this movie's amazing you gotta watch it <laughs> so 
But hey, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for your time today, my friend. It has been such a pleasure and an honor to talk with you. Um, where can people keep up with uh, what's coming up for Hell House LLC Origins? Is there a trailer coming up? Or uh, yeah, the trailer should come out soon. I know they were working on it. Uh, they are diving into that uh, starting uh, this week or last week. Um, so hopefully that comes out soon. And um, and that poster will have a release soon too. Um, the best place to keep up on it um, is probably the uh the distributor runs the facebook page um the hell house facebook page which is um and they're really good uh, uh, uh you know posting everything um uh, keeping everybody informed like when new hell house things are happening um my my personal twitter i post there a lot um about the films um and uh so just you know steven cognetti on twitter and uh yeah those are probably two good sources for to get information um well, when listen, man, uh we are very flattered to have you on the show and uh i can't tell you how much we appreciate it and um, it's awesome yeah and and the movie's great man or (laughs) yeah there's a there's a there's a good chance i've got to watch i've got to watch two and three but i love the first one (laughs) yeah Yeah, there's a there's a good chance our listeners there's a good chance our listeners out there, maybe you haven't seen Hell House LLC, any of them, go in blind and go have a good time at the Abaddon Hotel, and maybe you'll get to leave, maybe you won't, but either way, yeah. it, it works out. Uh, but Steve, yeah, that was there 93 minutes. I think that was the runtime of the first was 93 minutes, and I had to cut that down a lot. But um, uh, this new one, I had to cut it down a lot because people don't like long movies. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, this one's at... Uh, <laughs> We this one's at 97. I got, I got, I got this new one down to 97. Well, maybe, maybe uh, if our we listeners, the first one, it's if great. Our, if our listeners go watch it, they can go hang with Louis Tully and his buddies. It's a good time, right? <laughs> but uh, anyway, Stephen, thank you so much, my friend. It is an honor. Um, you are welcome back anytime you would like, and we hope to talk to you again very soon. Everybody listening, please go check out uh, Stephen's Twitter and go keep up with all things Hell House LLC. Go watch the films, go support the new one when it comes out. And that's it for, oh, also keep an eye out for 825 Forest Road. I hope we get to see that soon. I read the plot yeah. uh, the plot synopsis yeah. on IMDb and that looks amazing. I, I hope that comes out to you too. <laughs> 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 I'd love to see it too. Awesome. But uh, thank you everybody yeah. for, thank you everybody for watching our episode with Steven. Get in touch with us on social media under Midnight Terrors Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. Jason, I've already said it like 30 times, but what's the show called? Do your shtick. It's a Midnight Terrorist Podcast. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. J. Thank you, Jason. J- Jason. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Stephen. Jason. <laughs> and uh, everybody watching and listening, we love you all. We'll see you again very soon. Peace.